This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with steel-clad resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer and protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform for Valor Radio. Here are your hosts, Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano. Well, hello, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and guardians and civilians serving alongside. Uh, we welcome you on in here. Uh, we have the interregnum, if you will, between Christmas and uh, New Year's. And uh, the globetrotting colonel is with us again from, uh, from some part unknown. Who knows? Oh, we're, we're in Nashville this week. Ah, the town of Nash's. Yes, it's uh, great, great, great fun there. Great town. Great town. We were here about a month ago and back again. So, Steve, how are you? Bob, I'm, Merry I'm Christmas. Doing good. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you too there, Colonel. Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, I, I think our, we've got to have a New Year's resolution. I'm going to ask the two of you. Hmm. Um, we end up talking a lot of times about uh, things that aren't going so well. And I think uh, we've got to uh, try to remain positive in 2024, no matter how difficult it gets. And, you know, we've all been bosses, and we've all worked for other people. And my uh, proposition was when I worked for someone, uh, I wouldn't go uh, go to them with a problem without at least some idea of a solution. So I'm going to talk about, when we talk about things in 2024, I'm going to try to talk about solutions, too. Well, you know what my solution is always going to be, Paul? Change in leadership. Well, all right. In 24. Yes. And I think that would go a long way. some systemic things, too. Yeah. When we have a chance to yeah. dig below that level. Yeah. Not always, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, okay. I'm going to hit hit a big issue here. Well, before, before you get into that, before you get into that, Colonel, can I just share? Since we're looking for good news here, we're looking okay. for positives. I've got some to pass along to you guys. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, United Refining Company of Pennsylvania doing business as Quickfill and Red Apple Food Marts announced the results of Operation Give Thanks. You recall that Valor Radio was behind that in November, the fundraising campaign. Uh, it's a, a company and customer supported program, by the way, designed to aid active duty service members, veterans, and their families using various armed forces related charities in Quickville country. In 2023, the combination of customers' direct donations, merchandise sales, vendor partner donations, and a portion of fuel sales. Hear that, folks? They gave a portion of fuel sales. Wow. Uh, totaling $243,429. Wow. This total will be distributed to Operation Homefront. That's a national 501c3 nonprofit that commits to allocating resources to recipients in Quickfield's market area, Special Forces Charitable Trust, providing meaningful and sustainable support to the Army Green Berets and their families, and uh, a local uh, Western Pennsylvania uh, charity. Uh, Quickfill thanks all supporters of the military and veteran community in Quickfill country who participated in Operation Give Thanks. So thanks to all of you folks. That's uh, that's wonderful, and we just uh, it just goes to show 
that that's really that's that's America. So we'll uh, I think the core of the country hasn't lost it. No, I don't think so. Um, so we uh, you know we hear people being pretty negative about the country quite a bit these days, and you know there's some justification for that. We see a lot of negative things happening. Um, something's happening right now, and you know I think Steve. Some people would ascribe and say that uh, you know there's some large conspiracy to make this happen. Um, I'm not sure that that's the case, but a lot of bad things keep happening. We've seen, you know, what two and a half million illegals oh, and, and enter the country in the last year. Um, they're, be, they're, give, they're being given court dates of 2031. Yeah, I saw that. Which is sort of a joke. Um, but uh, And then we see out in Los Angeles, uh, the first non-citizen police officers are set to graduate oh, from the Los Angeles me. Police Department. Uh, That'll go over well. You know, we have taken non-citizens in the military. Um, one of the conditions, though, and I'm not quite sure, I guess these non-citizens ha- for LAPD have to be here legally because they can't possess firearms in the United States if they're not in a legal status. <laughs> um, That's good. Just a minor detail. Yeah, I'll um, The ones that come in the military have to be here legally. So I'm not quite sure... Um, and, and we've seen that before and it's actually a good path to citizenship for, to go into the military if you're here legally. Um, but, uh, this is something new with police. I don't know that I've ever heard of this before. I don't know. What are your thoughts about that, Steve? I'm just thinking about, um, you know, the, the training pipeline for a person who's not from this country. I, I wonder if these folks even speak English in some cases. And maybe they don't. Maybe they do. Uh, let's just say that they're fluent in English and they, and they, they understand the customs. And what, what, could be, what could possibly go wrong or where could we run into a snag with these guys? I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I, I think we're only going to have to wait and see how it works out. But, um, you know, I don't understand why we're in the, in the situation where we have to hire people who are not even from this country to do law enforcement. I just I just think it's a bad idea all the way around. I, I, I wish they didn't have to do it, but um, I guess they're not getting enough people on, in normal recruitment to, uh, to fill their ranks. So something's got to give, and, and this is it. I just wish it wasn't L.A., because anything going on in Los Angeles County with that goofball uh, district attorney um i'm suspect of it yeah that that always uh george what's his name i've forgotten his last name again gascon gascon yeah thank you gascon yeah Yeah. so i will tell you the numbers are down you know we're getting anywhere from uh, 10 to 20 percent of what we were getting uh, six or ten years ago taking the test for law enforcement Hmm. Well, who's surprised by that, Colonel? You know, after the denigration of the police, after the exposure that uh, they've they've had to endure, you know, going back back to the last Barack Obama term, 
Uh, it's why, who would choose this as a career? You're right. You know. You know what just hit me? It's Los Angeles Police Department. Joe Friday. Think about that. This was <laughs> yeah. Joe Friday's police department. Yep. And and look at it now. I mean, what's going on? It's crazy. They, they used to be the showpiece for the whole country. I mean, we had new. Even the NYPD had a little envy of the the uh, LAPD because of their good PR and their their success rate. Back then, this in the, in the early seventies, late sixties, New York City Police Department didn't have the sterling reputation it's got now. Now, but although you know that could change too. But uh, Joe Friday must be rolling over in his grave. Jack Webb. Yeah. It's so, just, wow. We'll, we'll watch this, see yeah. what happens. Uh, you know, I, I get a few uh, different periodicals. Yeah. It'll be interesting to uh, monitor this and see how these folks assimilate. And once again, remember, uh, law enforcement was always, you know, going back to the early 20th century, was always a transitional profession for immigrants, you know, with Irish uh, in yes, the early 1900s, true. Italians. That's very true, yeah. You know, in the 30s and 40s and even into the 50s and 60s. So it's always been a transitional uh-huh. profession. Um, I like the idea of having a multicultural and multilingual police department. But boy, oh boy, when you start pe- pulling people in who are not even citizens, who in some cases got in here through... I don't know, pretty suspicious ways. I, you know, they're not going to investigate everybody how they got into the country, I don't think. But um, I think they well, want people again, who came in legally. But They have to at least be in a legal status. Now, yeah, they're now. But so, they, they, what were they uh, doing all the, the last 10 years or whatever? So I don't well, know. Well, the background checks, uh, if, they, if, you know, if they did their normal background checks, uh, we'll, we'll give them that. the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I know. We'll watch this. Yeah, you're right. I'm not as concerned as I think some people are. But, uh, one one big difference, though, between the Irish of a hundred years ago, Colonel, and what's going on now is those Irish wanted to be Americans. They came here. They wanted to assimilate. They wanted to be part of the society. I don't know about these folks, Bob. We'll we'll, we'll find, find out. out. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, I'm not going to. We'll find out soon. I have a feeling. Yes. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So, and uh, the police had their hands full in New York City last night. I don't know if you folks saw that or not. I we'll saw talk that. About it after the break. All right, I'm hearing some music. We'll take a break here on Valor Radio. We'll be back shortly with more. Yeah, we have the uh, Colonel on the road and the Captain Steve Amano in studio here for Valor Radio. Uh, Colonel, uh, we're going to ask you to speak up good and loud for us when we come back on Valor Radio on the WYSL station. Two for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office 
office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Michigan Miller's Mutual Insurance, 2425 East Grand River Avenue, Lansing, Michigan. The Stars and Stripes flag store is open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 5. All American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments, and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes flag store open again just in time for Christmas. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. If you're a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 988 and then press 1. Donate now, vocroc.org. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg & Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating & Air, call 500-HELP, Veterans Outreach Center and the Flag Store on South Avenue, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplay Museum. Once again, here are the Colonel and the Captain. We go to the Colonel in Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks, Robert. That song. That song reminds me of summer. Oh, yeah. I summer think six, of summer. Summer of 69, yep. What a great song. Tommy James. So, I know I sent you a Heritage Foundation tweet earlier uh, this week, Ooh, Steve. Yeah. And uh, we had a uh, Air Force uh, Lieutenant General that she will sacrifice uh, qualification for diversity. Yeah, that's a that's a, a dated story, but I, I believe me when it came out, I was I was not happy about that. In fact, um, I remember putting something on Facebook about it because I was I was upset about that. Uh, and then <laughs> then I got that phony Facebook friend request from her. <laughs> This week, which I thought was, I told, I think I told you about it. Yeah, it yes. was, it was her, uh, but it wasn't her. I mean, obviously, it wasn't. But uh, in fact, I sent a um, Southcom. I got their their email address, and I sent them an e- uh, an email saying that th- that somebody is impersonating her on Facebook, and and uh, I didn't get an answer back from them. So that happens quite a bit yeah. to flag officers. Oh, it's does happening it? All the time. Does it? Yeah. You know, they've got a lot of uh, media out there. They've got a lot of pictures. Oh, yeah. It doesn't take much for people to replicate them. Sure. Uh, I'll bet. I had a friend, retired general now, and he was at the leading edge of social media. He was actually at one point the uh, uh, PAO for the Army. Oh, wow. And, what a job. Um, yeah, he got uh, – uh, it happened two or three times to him. So, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, – but this is just a, a terrible story. I hate that story. Yeah, I, I really. Um, I, w- I wish we didn't see stuff like that happening. We got yeah, enough really on our plate already. It does start the race you know? issue. Yeah. And 
you know, it, it just makes people wonder, uh, what are we doing with our military? And, you know, does this affect people willing to come into the military? Yeah, uh, you, know, you know what it does with me? It, it makes me wonder, what have people like this general been doing all these years they've been in? Have they been quiet about their feelings about things? Are they, are they all of a sudden now just becoming... Um, Socially conscious. Yeah, are these are these sleepers? These they people? must have been sleepers. And you know something? I used to think that about a lot of them. I used to think, you know, if that if that one gets their way, someday they're going to be running this show, and 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 then we're going to regret it because there's something not right about him or her. You just I just used to get that feeling when I was around these people, like or ah something's or not right. Or you think that you know they got close to that brass ring, you know, you get oh six. You get a selected for, a, you know, a yeah. war college, for yeah, senior yeah, yeah. service college. Right. And you say, what do I need to get that star? And You think that they needed that really so much more than anything? Well, you know. I, I hate the thought of that. That they, they, really, they, they, they really believe that they got to do stuff like that to make it in the, you know, in the, in the, in the ranks. I but I, I believe but people it. rationalize. I know people rationalize. I know they. It's just like politicians. I, you know, I'll take that money because. Yeah, I know. You know, I want to be reelected. Right. And because I'll do a better job here than someone else, I'll do the right thing. But they, the price yeah. that goes along with that, and I think these people sell their soul too. I think they do. You know, there was another story I thought I sent you last week about a Marine Corps general. That sounded very similar to this. Oh no, you sent it to me this time. I think you did. Oh, okay. Um, let me see if I can. If I uh, and oh, I, that was an ugly uh, uh, article about about what he said. And yes, I can't remember it now, and I don't, I don't have it with me. But but uh, yeah, that was just that was just very yeah, troubling. Where did they get him from? Right. I I've never. I mean, I I think I sent it to my Marine buddy Tony White out in uh, Texas because. Um, uh, I wanted him to see it, and I said, Where, where'd you guys dig him up? And I haven't got an answer yet because he would know him. I, I send stuff on, on any Marine general, and I get a full report from – these guys know their, their general Every, officers well. Yeah, Marine well. Corps small. Yeah. Everybody knows everyone. Everybody, yeah. I'm dying to and, know about this fella. But I'm going fi- to find out about that guy if we can find out. I, I can't remember his name, but I'm going to find out about him. Yeah, Something's not just, right uh, there. You just gotta wonder. Yeah, I know. I, I I don't know where they come from, or where they where they hide, and how they hide. I, I mean, you would think that after a while that, that somebody was onto them, but um, nowadays maybe it's a it's a, a, a you know a um, an advantage that they have over other people that maybe they have uh, you know they they've been doing this for a while now and they they know how to walk the walk, and uh, I just don't want to see the Marine Corps go the way of the other services yet. Because it's only a matter of time before they do, and if, if this guy's any indication that we're we're there, yeah. Well, you know, I had a, you know, I I tell people around the holidays. I always remind folks. I always say, call a friend. It's always good to reconnect. Yeah. And uh, on Christmas, I called a friend of mine. He's retired now, but he still works uh, for the Department of Defense. And I don't want to say where, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say for who exactly, cause sure. he's still working for right. them, uh, or in what capacity he's working in, but How, it's, how's he doing? He's doing fine. Um, he still loves his job, but he said in no uncertain terms that, uh, 
they are so distracted with the requirements of training for non-core functions that... That's not good. um, It's undermining uh, the area that he works in dramatically. How bad it it is. And it leads, and he, and while no one will admit it, no one will put it on paper, that he's, and this is someone who's been doing this now, both in the military and out for almost 45 years. Wow. Um, has led to the death, he believes, led to the death of soldiers because they're doing so much non-core training, they're not doing what they need to do. But that is and, not a lie. That is no, that's no exaggeration. That This stuff kills people. It and, does kill people. Just like you know, that, that article you sent me about the, um, I think you did it in fun, but the um, about the uh, the U.S. Navy Secretary's directed study on facial hair. And damage control on aboard ship. They did a study on it. But apparently they don't want to put the results out. Maybe because it's an election year. I don't know. It's pretty much the reason is because this affects mostly uh, African Americans uh, uh, who have, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the facial hair uh, issue is more acute with them than, than with anybody else uh, that I understand. But um, they're, they're, they said the policy has been discriminated, uh, discrimination against black sailors. Well, there's nothing more discriminatory than to be dead. You know, if you want to if you want to fight a fire and get a seal on your gas mask and you can't get one, you're going to be dead. And that's that's the worst kind of discrimination that there is. So, Steve, you came in the Navy in 84, 84, one June, so, 84 is my pantry base date. So. Wasn't it 1984-85 when the Navy said you can't have a beard anymore? Yeah, they got rid of them right around the right around that time. Yeah, they did. But forever before then, you could have a beard in the Navy. You could have, um, yeah, you could. That and that, and, and that was that was a Zumwalt's um, concession to uh, not not just the blacks but to, to all guys who wanted to have a beard. Because right. guys were like, I like the look of a beard, and I want a beard. And there were quite a few guys who had them back then. But they were real funny about um, about how how much you, uh, facial hair you could have, and how much um, you know you couldn't have like a you know a, a Santa Claus beard. Well, obviously, yeah. no, there were regulations. Yeah, but and and for officers, it, it, you didn't see many officers. No, usually it was the guy yeah. who knew he was on his way out of the right, navy would right. grow a beard. Right, but. Uh, not any up and comer, right? Well, in the navy, when it was I was more of an enlisted thing. When I was in the navy, the, the big joke was that if you wanted to have a mustache in the squadron, you had to have like a Hitler mustache because the navy regulations were so strict on how uh, how far it could extend outside your, you know, out where your mouth is, and it, I mean, if the, it looked like a like a big Hitler mustache, <laughs> and people didn't like them because they they, they thought they looked pretty funny. So right. a lot Couldn't of guys didn't have the edge of the lip, and, and no self-respecting yeah. Marine Corps officer would have a, uh, a, a mustache. They just didn't do it. Of course. In fact, that so. was back when the Marine Corps. I don't know if you ever saw. They used to do one issue every year of uh, naval proceedings, where they had the uh, the general officers and the the admirals issue, where they had all the the photographs of all the Mar- the Navy admirals and the Marine officers. You would never ever see a Marine general smiling in the photo. 
It was just wasn't done. They never. No, it wasn't. It was like they looked like they were. They had um, like a, a pine cone. They were sitting on a pine cone. That's how they, the, the look on their face was like uh, rigid and, and and unfeeling and mean. They they wanted to look nasty, and they did. But that was then, and this is now. I bet you if you look now, they're all smiling. I'll tell you, but uh, yeah. Just uh, it's a combination of these things. I yeah. I don't know if we're seeing a turning point though. No, I, we're not I, there I just yet. Don't know. Paul. We're not there. We're not quite there yet. We're, you don't we gotta, think so? No, we got a ways to go, and it's going to get it's going to get painful. And that's the part that I worry about is I don't know how much longer we can we can go go on our way without something given. And, and the first thing that's going to happen is that um, that Red Sea thing. I have a feeling. Yeah, we'll talk about that after the break. All right, I'm hearing some music. We'll take a break here. We'll be back shortly with more of Valor Radio. Now, the voice of the Colonel, Road to Somewhere, another road picture. And Captain Steve Amano here in studio. Hope you had a great Christmas, and we wish you a happy 2024. From Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. Don't forget the podcast, WYSL1040.com. Listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. And can't forget Captain Steve Amato also here in studio. The Colonel is on the road once again. Let's go to him in Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks, Robert. So, Steve, one of your buddies from your naval career popped up again. <laughs> oh, can we uh, can we uh, uh, queue up the Fat uh, Albert? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We, okay, yeah. Hang on. My, oh, I'm sorry. My big friend, my old big friend from uh, my fleet days, which I That's right. I'm glad I didn't run into him back then because apparently he was a lot fatter than he is now. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do it up right. We got a we got an update on our friend um, who was. Uh, Leonard. And I'm gonna sing a song for you. Yeah, that's a fat Leonard update. Uh, yes, uh, Leonard Glenn Francis, our favorite. Uh, was he Malaysian or I can't remember what he is uh, nationality, but he's a he's a crook, and he got tied up with the U.S. Navy, and that was okay at the time. Um, but uh, he got a lot of people ensnared in his web, and uh, he went to to uh, to, to trial. And he got convicted, and he was on his way to prison, and somebody had the bright idea of putting an ankle monitor on him, and he dispensed with that, and he he took it on the lamb, And he, he left San Diego in September of last year, uh, uh, while right under the government's nose, by the way, while he was living in a mansion in San Diego, and he split. With his, uh, with all of his uh, goods, and uh, even got the van line uh, to to move his stuff for him, but um, <laughs> but he ended up leaving and going uh, to South America, and he got nabbed by um, Nicolas Maduro's henchman down in Venezuela. 
of all places. And uh, this week he was released to U.S. custody in a huge prisoner swap with Venezuela in exchange for Biden administration uh, close uh, uh, freeing a, a close ally of Maduro, a guy named Alex Saab, who was um, facing money laundering charges in Miami. So Joe Biden did a, a solid for Nicolas Maduro, and Maduro said, okay, you can have Leonard, Glenn Francis, back. So Fat Leonard was standing in front of a magistrate this week in America in shackles and a beige jumpsuit um, in Miami, um, and the judge had transferred him to Southern District Court of um, Southern District of California. A jumpsuit was size seventy two fat. I think. It's- well, he, the thing is, this is where he he, he fled from. He, he took it. He took it on the lam in San Diego. So what do they do? Send him back there. So um, additional charges are, are pending, including failure to appear, of course. And um, uh, the, when the the judge asked him, could, could he afford an attorney? The answer he gave her was, "quote Not right now." Unquote. So. We'll see what happens. Francis built the Navy out of $35 million in, um, uh, uh, by buying off basically uh, a, a slew of uh, senior naval officers with booze, uh, sex, lavish gifts, and expensive dinners. There are nearly two dozen Navy officials so far who have been sentenced on fraud and corruption charges. So I don't know where he is tonight, but he's, uh, he's going back to the Southern District of California, and then we'll see what happens. I don't think he's going to stand trial again. I think he's going to. I think he's going to do it again. No, I think they'll wrap up a plea and uh, just give him a consecutive sentence. Well, I saw a picture this. of him. Looks like he lost a little bit of weight. So he, yeah, he may be well, under under four four hundred pounds now. Well, I'm sure uh, the Venezuelan jails yeah. weren't uh, nah no a place to be place to be yeah. So they so, tell me. Yeah, but so you there know, you go. You know, what's a few million bucks? We're hitting uh, just under $900 billion defense <sighs> budget this year with the smallest military we've had. That's the key. It's the smallest, the smallest military, military in 80 had. years. So we've had in 80 years, and it, we've got the biggest budget we've ever had. What does that tell you? Graft and corruption. Mismanagement. Abuse. Um, It means government, by its very nature, is inefficient. Government needs to be in the defense business. So, Remember we used to have a guy in the Senate, I think it was the Senate, called William Proxmire? Yep. He used to have the Golden Fleece Award every year. We don't have anything like that anymore. We don't have anything even close to it. well, we're not looking for fraud. I think or- John Stossel's doing something like Proxmire used to do. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He's, he's got some kind of a... I like John. Yeah. I actually like John. Oh, yeah. well, we'll see. Just uh, just hard to understand. Um, well, it's not hard to understand. You know, we try mm-hmm. not to be cynical. <laughs> but uh, And then we yeah. get people that come in for the good... And the bad, yeah, to try to affect some change in the system, sure. And the system does everything in their power to uh, eliminate them. I know it's just well, sad. It doesn't a party doesn't matter, Republican no, or Democrat. No, really doesn't matter. They, they both uh, get into the same stuff. I, I, that's where you know you need a couple of people back to back, 
like a Trump uh, that aren't dependent on the system. Right. They're from outside the system, yeah. Right. Anybody that's been corrupted by the system, uh, you just, you can't believe. Well, all our problems right now are a result of the fact that Joe Biden has never been held to account for any of the stuff that, I mean, the stuff that he's accused of happened back in the 70s. He never paid a price for it then, and he's not going to pay a price for it now. So he's 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 accustomed to believing that everything that happens to him is because he's special. He's right. a special guy. He just thinks right. he is. And that's why we're in the fix we're in, I think. Just my right. opinion. Just a different set of rules. Yeah. Absolute different set of rules. Yeah, it is. And so this is this is the challenging part. It is. Um I don't know. Uh, I'm just wondering what's what's going to happen next year. Twenty twenty four is going to be. A, here. I think twenty four is going to be a really um, explosive year in a lot of ways. I'm 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 really I'm really not encouraged. I, I hope I hope and pray that we're gonna we're gonna do all right in twenty four. But my 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 sense is that we're gonna we're gonna be in in a little bit of trouble. Uh, all right. In, well, in let's. Early uh, on. This is so. this is the last show of this year. Yeah, it is. So, all right, Bob, I'll let you go first. Bob, is Joe Biden going to be on the ticket? I think he is. All right, Steve. Yeah, he's going to be on the ticket. I'll I'll be the counter. I'll say no. Um, okay. Do you have, do you have a, a sense of who's going to replace him? Sure, Gavin Newsom, <laughs> and I think Susan Rice is going to be his running mate. Um, well, those are the candidates. Newsom's. Uh, I mean, I know that the the, uh, the media love him, but boy, you talk to people in California, they don't love him. That's all right. Isn't it funny that he's even considered a, a serious candidate because of his performance? His performance is pathetic. I mean, his, the whole state of California is in complete disarray. Look, look at the, his performance in the debate with Trump. Oh, that, oh you mean with um. DeSantis? DeSantis, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what oh, yeah. That, I thought Let that was horrible. You. <clears throat> but, you know, the media kept on saying how he he got the goods on uh, DeSantis and how he, he, he was he, – like he had star power. I'm like, were we watching the same debate? Okay. Go ahead, Colonel. I, another question. The Republican nominee, Bob? Trump. Trump. And uh, – I got to think it's going to be Trump. Yeah, but who do you think his running mate's going to be? Okay. Well, that was going to be my next question. Oh. Steve, I'll let you go first. Ooh, you got to ask me, huh? You know, I don't know who it's going to be. I, uh, you know something? I hope it's not going to be Nikki Haley, but I think it might be. Bob? Ah, boy, I don't know. Can't be Vivek. He's, he's too green. You, you know who would be good? Carrie Lake. There, that that's that's a possibility. That's a good one. Yeah, that would work for him. And she's media savvy, and they get along, don't they? Oh, they get famously. She's like a, an acolyte. So, and she's good. I, and I tell Trump you what, Trump eats that up with a yeah. spoon. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to give her a lot of responsibility. He should, but um, or if she's got the stuff for the job. But I, I like her. But um, but I have a feeling he's going to he's going to uh, bow to the the RNC. And, he's, and they're going to want. Carrie oh, Lake. I don't know about that. I don't know. Oh, you, you mean Carrie Lake would be an RMC? No, no. Uh, with uh, with Nikki, uh, Haley? Nikki Haley, yeah, yeah. Well, she's got a big a big uh, following. George George Bush in a pantsuit. What do you think, Paul? Uh, I'm going to say it would definitely be a woman. So, 
I'll tell you, just to be different, I'll say Elise Stefanik. Oh, from New I, York. I would like that, but I don't know. She's kind of Northeastern and not new, very well she's done. pretty new, too. Yeah. She's not going to win him a state. So, who knows? Trump right, likes I'm her, hearing some right. music. Yeah. We'll be back shortly uh, with more of Valor Radio. On the WYSL stations. Happy New Year, all. for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award. MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Michigan Miller's Mutual Insurance, 2425 East Grand River Avenue, Lansing, Michigan. Hi, I'm Alan Ginsberg of the A.M. Ginsberg Advisory Group, LLC. I know a lot of you have heard enough of my ad regarding business continuation. We started this campaign in September 2020, and I want you to know the response has just been tremendous. The best part is that we're seeing the results of our efforts. Business owners who have been procrastinating on how to make sure their business continues on a successful path are starting to make the changes that are needed. Whether it be talking to their children, key employees, or favorite competitors, they are starting to get things done making sure that their life's work doesn't just go by the wayside. Give us a call at 585-377-4720. We'll sit down and talk, find out what your business and family goals are. That's 585-377-4720. Thank you. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. AM Ginsburg Advisory Group and the Securities America companies are separate entities. The Stars and Stripes flag store is open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 5. All American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments, and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Open again just in time for Christmas. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. And he is uh, running through an airport, O.J. Simpson style here, trying to make a flight. So we'll wrap up the show after this segment on the WYSL stations. Uh, Here is the Colonel. Thanks, Robert. So uh, we'll see about our uh, prognostications, what's going to happen. I think it is going to be a very tough year for our country and uh, not made any easier by how people are viewing us around the world. That's uh, for sure. We, uh, you mentioned it a little earlier in the show, Steve, and uh, wanted to talk about it in this last segment. Uh, we are trying to finally do something about uh, getting some uh, ability for shipping to uh, navigate uh, in the area of the Red Sea. 
Yeah, I, I kind of underestimated uh, how important the Red Sea was to uh, international uh, energy uh, shipping and stuff. I, I, I should have known better, but, uh, I mean, when you look at it, yeah, it's pretty strategically positioned. Um, you know, the, uh, the Red Sea and the, uh, the old Babel Mendeb Straits. I mean, I, I, I just saw that article about that Chinese uh, Type 52 destroyer that's been hanging out near the Eisenhower Battle Group. And people are like, why don't we do something about that? Well, you know, it's, it's at the southern opening of the Red Sea uh, in the Gulf of Aden, and, and, and that's a bad place to be in, it's in, in restricted waters. And you got a big ship like the Eisenhower in a battle group doing flight operations. And then you got this Type 58, uh, 52 destroyer, which is shadowing it, and uh, collecting uh, signals intelligence on us. And we, we don't seem to want to do anything to, uh, to thwart them. And I think that's a problem because if, when the U.S. Navy is, 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 is uh, being accommodating, it's, it's not a good sign. And, and our, even our allies know it. And, I mean, the this U.S. just tried to get uh, command of a combined Red Sea operation, this Operation Prosperity Guardian, uh, you know, the ridiculous name that they gave it. And um, we brag about the fact that we got, I think, 20 countries or whatever to say yes to it. But look at the countries that said no. Uh, Spain, Italy. And uh, a non-NATO NATO ally, France, but an important one, saying, no, we don't want you in charge of this operation. That's not a good sign. That's unheard of. I, yeah. I, I, I can't even Absolutely believe it. Absolutely unheard of. All, of. The, the ability to, um, I mean, our skill and our, um, our strength at sea alone would dictate that they would want us uh, heading up the effort. But in this case, they didn't want it. And that, that should tell you a lot. That uh, it, it really is a statement. Now, in reality, you know that there is significant coordination and going on behind the scenes. Right. Uh, it's sure just like is. before we went into um, Iraq in 2003, most of the intelligence that came to us came to us from countries that were publicly chastising us for going in. Germany, um, France, uh, and a couple other European countries that were just blasting us publicly mm -hmm. were providing the best intelligence uh, that we got uh, for uh, the disposition of forces in Iraq. So I'm sure, I, I'm, I'm, I'd bet on it, I'd bet a lot of money on it, that there is, but this public um, dismissal of us mm -hmm. once again is just—it's it, a sad commentary. Yeah, and, and, and you know, there's something that came out this week that um, I found very troubling, and it's not being reported that much in the press about um, a new Pentagon uh, policy for preventing civilian casualties when striking military targets. Apparently, the Pentagon is really smarting after last year's uh, problem that they had in Syria uh, as a result of that uh, 2021 incident involving some dead civilians that were uh, when we attacked down there. Well, um, they're so risk-averse now that they came out with this, uh, quote, civilian harm mitigation and response plan, unquote. It's a 52-page document, 52 pages long about our, the rules and, and uh, restrictions on our attacking somebody 
so that we don't have civilian uh, casualties. The well, new, yeah. Steve, did you look at it? The, the actual document? Yes. No, I didn't. Oh, oh, are you kidding me? I don't. No, I, I looked at it. Did you? Oh, well, you're a lawyer. You're you you. I hope you got paid for that, Paul. No, but there was a link there, and of course, you know there were the eight pages of uh, acronyms, and oh, jeez. You know there was uh, oh. six pages, a table of contents. Yeah, and an appendix. Right. So. Well, but you but, know something. But even if they had. 20 pages. I mean, can you imagine what they can put in 20 pages as far as restrictions on There, on there a, really on weren't any restrictions, Steve. That's, that's the point I'm going to get to. It, it really just, it just reiterated. Um, I, I mean, I could, I could give you some of the language of it. It was just, it was a, you know, some officer at the Pentagon is going to get a, Meritorious Service Medal <laughs> or a Legion of Merit. Well, I'm glad to hear that. If that's the case, I'm, um, I'm happy to hear it because. Um, and it just really assigned responsibility within the Department of Defense to make sure that we do at the strategic level what needs to be done. Well, and you that know, the combat- time, commanders every, do. And you know, you, the Army. Every time I hear the Army talk about centers of excellence, right? I, I, I grab a, a, an appendage <laughs> of mine. Okay. <laughs> Because every time they come up with a center of excellence, this and that, it's usually something I, it makes me cringe. Well, they're going to come up with now a process for developing a civilian harm reduction center of excellence. And that, that, that makes me worried, Paul. Well, I would tell you, I don't know if you've ever been in an operation center when <laughs> oh, yeah. someone has made a call for fire, either for, um, either for an aircraft to drop a bomb or for a uh, piece of artillery huh. no, to I've fire never a mission. Close. Never been there. But Have you? Yes. Wow. And I've been on the receiving end too, <laughs> you know, yeah, requesting you that. Oh, okay. And what it takes to get clearance to complete a fire mission, um, I mean, it is a process. It is an unbelievable process. And when it, it just doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't happen like we see in the movies where you get on the radio, you call out a grid coordinate, and all of a sudden the guns start firing. It really doesn't happen that way. <laughs> um, there is so much that mm. goes into uh, preparation of a battlefield for either artillery or close air support. Um, that and, and pilots and the artillery folks are unbelievably careful. So... This is, uh, and especially when you're working in a multinational setting, each country comes with their own caveats about what they can and can't do. Um, you know, the Dutch can only fly between 11 and 3, um, and these folks can only fly if they can fly four aircraft at the same time. And the Germans can only leave the base if they have three ambulances with them. Hmm. And, you know, it's... It's just an unbelievable set of practices in order to get anything done. So I'm not, I wasn't so taken aback by the policy when I read it. It wasn't like there was a list of a hundred things you couldn't do here. No, that's good to know. Yeah. So at first, when I first read it, I said, I got to go look at the policy and see. And it's just, once again, somebody's going to get themselves a MSM (laughs) or a Legion of Merit maybe because it is, over 50 pages. Um. 
Right. And it's just a matter of saying that it's something that we all know, that it's something that we have to be cognizant of. And part of our strategic plan is that we don't want to create more enemies by what we're doing. And we want to minimize the effect on uh, on the civilian population, which is something right. that we've always tried to do. Right. Um, here, I'll read you this. Let me. Uh, CHMR efforts reflect U.S. and professional military values, including the importance of protecting and respecting human life and treating civilians with dignity and respect. <laughs> um, mm. That's the first statement of the policy. Boy, that just so, just warms the heart of an old A6 guy. It does. It made some some general, like I said, uh, that's a block on his OER. There you go. All right, I'm hearing some music. I'm it's been a great uh, 2023 with you, Steve and Bob. Thank you, you too, very much Paul. for your efforts. Back at you. Let's have a spectacular 24. It's going to be an interesting year, if nothing else. Take care and stay safe. God bless we'll see Paul. you back in 2024. All right, Colonel, have a good flight, and we'll see you, the audience, back here in 2024 for the first Valor Radio of the New Year. God bless. Stay safe. Take care. There's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the glory, I just do it anyway. Providing for our futures, my responsibility.